Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. It's Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, what a barn burner we had last night. Uh, the first AFC West arm show was on full display in, uh, in Kansas City last night. And I think it's safe to say that, and you might disagree with this, that Patrick Mahomes can come back at Arrowhead with, with no help. With no help. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, it, you, you, you never rule the Chiefs out. Um, they were never, they never panicked in their Super Bowl where they came from behind to win. Um, they're just they're really good at what they do and they can do it really fast. But uh, I do think that the 99 yard pick six really did get them back in the game last night, uh, which was just incredible to see. Quite a story that kid uh, Watson. I don't know his first name, but uh, he was like a Wendy's worker this time last year. Dude, <laughs> I love those stories. There's a few of those Pretty in the NFL. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, you get you get a few of them every year. We'll probably never hear from him ever again. So but we'll keep an eye on him moving forward. Um, curious about uh, where we see the Chargers moving forward, and um, I mean, we know where the Chiefs are. They've been there. We know, we they are who we thought they were, and maybe then some. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do what do you think about LA's chances of in that division? Is this going to in, in, indict any chances they have, or uh, especially Justin Herbert's injury? What what are you hearing on the sideline? Trevor. So I, I think uh, they're they're gonna reassess uh, uh, on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday when they're ready to get back to practice. Um, but uh, it's it's almost certainly a, a rib injury. I, I saw somewhere that it was a rib. Uh, what's the word? It was a rib cartilage tear, not a rib break. Right. Uh, right. Which I'm not. I'm no expert. Sounds like that would be not as bad as a broken rib in terms of recovery time. Um, but who knows? Uh, I, I I like where the Chargers are at right now. They're in the toughest division in football, but I think that they might have the best pass rush in the league. I mean, it was it was crazy. Uh, they got after Patrick Mahomes early, often. Uh, they sacked him at least once that I remember a really textbook closing the pocket to you know team sack uh, in the first half. And uh, to Mahomes' credit, they were getting after him all night, and he's able to move around and get rid of the ball. But uh, that's just a really difficult defensive front to deal with. Yeah, it's fair to say there was pain. There was pain everywhere, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was lots of pain. In case you didn't see the J- Jameis Winston interview, it's supposed to be. I think I've watched it about 25 times because it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So I didn't know he was that goofy or that funny. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Chiefs look good. Um, it's they can win without Tyreek Hill, and they can produce. And it just takes twelve guys to get one pass thrown to him every game for that to happen. So, right. um, yeah, and I thought yeah, the I Chiefs think... looked really balanced. I really like what they had coming out of the backfield with uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire and McKinnon. Yeah, he looks good. Uh, yep. They both they both looked really great in that game. McKinnon had a couple of really clutch receptions out of the backfield to keep drives alive. Um, it was, uh, and then, man, I, I don't know who it is. The, uh, Chargers fullback, uh, he, he had an amazing play. Um, I think he scored a touchdown. That was, what was kind of, I think that was one of, I think he caught a touchdown. There was a, a fullback pass, uh, from the Chargers. Uh, cause I, I was watching this with, uh, some friends, you know, we're, we're big into fantasy football and, and that was almost a theme last night was like, who caught that? Who is I? I've never heard of that 
charger. I've never heard of that, Chief. Um, you know, uh, some of these guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, he caught like maybe a pass in the first half and a pass in the second half. And I'm not uh, – he, he looked great. Uh, the defenses were good, so a lot of these top threats were, were not always available. But uh, both these teams, I thought, did a really good job of spreading the ball around and, uh, and going to the open guy. So, No question. Um, was a really impressive showing for the Chiefs' offense, and it just showed they can be balanced and they, can, they have a lot of, bunch of guys they can get the ball to. It, it's curious how slow they started, but I, I guess it could have been a lot worse considering how many inter- interceptions were dropped. And, I mean, it goes, out, it goes without saying, is, is there any more is there more is there a family more cursed that I got it out the third time than the Asante Samuel family at catching interceptions? I mean, they drop one in Super Bowl, what was that? 30 ooh, that would have been 42, right? Against against New York. Um game ceiling interception, drops it, Asante Samuel Sr. Asante Samuel Jr. last night drops a game ceiling interception. <laughs> right. Uh, I I don't think there's any any luck in those hands in that family that uh, just uh so we got to look, do a little more DNA research to see what, what what's up with the fingertips and the grip. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's a good showing for LA um, and Kansas City. Like I said, so who, yeah. So we are, they all heard they, they they are who we thought they were. I don't know why it was so hard to get out. Um, moving forward, a guy who didn't play last night that many people were wondering who they were going to replace with a waiver wire pickup. Fortunately, we couldn't give you the news right in front to help you out. Um, Keenan Allen was hurt, definitely affected. LA Chargers offense. I think we saw it week one. We saw it like week two. And you're probably wondering, Rob, how long is he going to be out for? And and guess what? I'm I'm an expert of hamstrings. I've seen a lot of them in my day. <laughs> I've been close to a lot of hamstrings. Uh, and I can tell you what, it was a it's a it's a tough injury to come back from. But it, he can be replaced with some waiver wire pickups. Trevor, are you ready to talk waiver wire pickups? Let's do it. Who doesn't love waiver wire pickups? The best time of the year, you get to scour free agency for hours, what it feels like. And certainly, while you're on your computer at work, what's a better time to just veg out and not work and still collect money on the on the clock than on the waiver wire? <laughs> so um, if I were you and you had Keenan Allen out longer period of time than you anticipated, I think he'll be pretty much be week to week, would probably coming back next week with a 10-day layoff. Couple guys I would take take a look at, and um, Trevor, you can give me your uh, unadulterated opinion here. But three guys I'll give you right here: Jahan Dotson from uh, Washington Commanders, 51% rostered in all leagues, um, going up against Detroit this week. Two and a half point favor in that game. We'll get to that later. But a guy who caught two touchdowns last week in an offense that looks really good with uh, Curtis Samuel, and who would have thought Carson Wentz could actually conduct and operate a very successful offense out of that one year. He was a borderline MVP. But Jahan Dotson, three catches, 50, uh, 40 yards, two touchdowns. Um, didn't see a lot of share of the targets, but uh, it's just a guy who's really athletic and is going to be covered one-on-one. So I like like that a lot. Curtis right. Samuel, going back to the commanders. I'll, let me get this, and I'll let you go here, Trev. 6% rostered in leagues, eight catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. And then uh, four carries for 25 yards last week. And uh, I like him against Detroit. Detroit's defense is uh, pretty, pretty, pretty sour. <laughs> uh, and so I, and actually, I think Washington's got a pretty underrated offense. I think we've seen it. They're really dynamic in a lot of places. Your opinion of those two guys? So well, far. so the the first guy, you said he didn't get a lot of targets. I think that'll change this week uh, with the two touchdowns that he did make happen. You know? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Tack. 
touchdown after catch. Uh, Is that I'm, that's I'm, a stat? I'm, I'm coining that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, no, I, I I like these two a lot going into this week, uh, especially with the matchup. I do think the Detroit Lions are a much improved team, but we saw last week that you can put a bucket of points on these guys. Um, they, they, they seem to have a really hard-hitting offense, but the defense is vulnerable. Um, I mean, what, what, did the, what did Philadelphia put up last week, 38? Yeah, 38, yeah. Yeah. So, like, uh, like so three I, quarters. <laughs> I, I definitely like uh, uh, commanders, wide receivers, if you're looking for somebody to uh, take off the waiver wires who have a, a high ceiling. You know what I mean? These aren't going to be guys that you're going to have in your starting lineup every week. But uh, but if you're looking for someone against this Detroit defense, uh, Detroit might win this game, but Washington's going to get on the board a lot. So I like that. Uh, I like those plug and plays. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are a couple. Uh, I also like Robbie Anderson out of Carolina. He had, I believe, thirty percent of the targets thrown his way and five catches for 102 yards, a 75 yard touchdown. Still a pretty dynamic guy out there in, in Carolina. So. Uh, big fan of him. Only roster in 23% of leagues. Running, Looking at your running back position is a little different. Um, as we know, uh, Najee Harris is not going to play, right? Najee Harris is out. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is not going to play. So automatically, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Jalen Warren become your two top hitters in, in free agency if you haven't already picked them up. If you're playing daily plays, if you're doing something wacky, I've never heard of, like, you're, I, don't, I don't even know. You're doing something underground where you're rolling dice and then, I don't know, throwing darts into the wall and whatever sticks is the first thing you get. Then Jeff Wilson Jr., somebody I would target. He's probably in top five running backs this week, arguably. Um, 22 carries. Eight receiving yards last week. Look, it was against Chicago. Did I not mention that Chicago was upset City last week? I said that, knowing that they were going to win 19 to 10, and Detroit became within three points of winning. But we'll get to that later because uh, old Schwami over here has a pretty good mind for some of this stuff. So Jeff Wilson, um, big fan of him on the pickup. 23 percent, 23% rostered in leagues. Jalen Warren, 10% rostered in leagues. And I'll throw another one at you that you didn't think was going to be coming for you. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, PPR running back, rostered in 14% of leagues, eight carries for, well, actually only eight, eight rushes, excuse me, three catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. He's the change of pace back up there in Tennessee. Um, I assume they're going to be throwing the ball a lot considering what we saw against uh, New York. They don't look that great. So, and Derrick Henry looks, well, I mean, you know, well, he's, it's, this, he's this getting happens, old. This he's 27. Happens, this happens to that kind of running back. Um, they, he is getting older. Uh, the way he plays takes its toll even year to year. Uh, but also the defenses, you know, they, they, you know, these, these unstoppable bruiser running backs, they get figured out. Um, no question. He, he's not able to just be the game plan anymore. So you do need that change of pace back where the defense is not expecting the run as, as much. And, uh, and they'll, they'll scheme him open in ways that they can't with Derrick Henry. Um, so I, I like that one a lot. Um, cause yeah, the Titans, the Titans, are, I'm not saying they're rebuilding, but they're, uh, they're, uh, they're morphing. They have to change. They have to adapt. And, uh, I think that he's going to be a big part of that. Two quarterbacks real quick. Carson Wentz. Didn't think I'd say that name this week. Roster in 25% leagues against Detroit, 25th against quarterbacks. I think he's good for about a 25 point game. I think against Detroit, I don't know if you would start Carson Wentz after week two, but hell, 
He put up four touchdowns, two interceptions last week. Um, I like him this week for a big game too. They're going to throw the ball. That that no, I, I I think there's a pretty exciting offense in Washington. I, I think I, people are overlooking this a little bit. I do, so. and and I also you know I I always look for how I think this game is going to go. And honestly, I think this is going to be a surprisingly high-scoring game uh, between these two teams, something you wouldn't have expected in recent yeah. years. Um, but I think the Lions, uh, they've got a real motor on offense right now. The running game is working. Um, and so I think that they will they could win this game. At the very least, they're going to be competitive enough that, uh, that Carson Wentz will have to keep his foot on the gas. Uh, so I like Carson Wentz. I like the commander's wide receivers. Um, and I'm just going to throw it out there. If if uh, if the Lions' uh, uh, number two back isn't isn't rostered in your league, you should think about picking him up. Yeah, no question. No question. Um, and, and, and look. De- DeAndre um, uh, Swift definitely should be rostered in your league. Holy crap. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and number two, Marcus Mariota. I mean, going against L.A., 31st against quarterbacks. Granted, it was Josh Allen. Sneaky game for Marcus Mariota here. I like him. He got 11 carries, 72 yards, and a touchdown last week on the ground. That was against New Orleans, who's got a really good defense. Um, at L.A., I mean, it's not like it's a big-time home game for L.A. I just love ripping on L.A. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's it's definitely worth picking, picking, in, picking him yeah. up. If you don't have Dak Prescott or there's some weird matchup that you're just not really comfortable with. So no, I, I think you could be right here, um, although I'm, I'm a little more hesitant. I think this could be a get-right matchup for the Rams. Um, you know, it, it, they, the, the, the defensive line alone might uh, really nullify anything they have going on offense with the Falcons right now. Um, it's, it's a tough one for me. I'm a little less bullish on, on these Falcons this week. No doubt. Anyway, moving on to the games, my man. We're gonna we're gonna pick eight games. We're gonna do a quick one, real quick, because you brought up Washington, Detroit. I think it's gonna be actually pretty exciting if you got red zone, or God forbid, you live in Detroit. <laughs> uh, and then, Whoopsie. Um, you can somehow watch this game or Washington for that matter. That these days, two and a half point favorite Detroit. Give me your thirty second analysis with a forty nine over under. You said over clearly, right? Right. What do you so think is gonna I, happen? I'm I'm thinking the over here. I I think. Uh, I think these teams really are uh, uh, offense heavy. Um, I, I, I'm not even saying that they're top ten offenses. I just think that they're a lot, lot have a lot more uh, working for them on offense right now. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be almost like watching college football, um, but with with better talent. Uh, so I, I liked starting the skill players here. I don't think I'd start either defense. Um, I'm going to take the over. And I, I actually, I think I'm going to take the Lions to win this one. And if it's, a, you have it. it's a one-point spread, I'll take the Lions to beat the spread. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right. Moving into Tampa Bay at New Orleans, 1-0, Two and a half point favor to Tampa Bay over under 44. You get a little, uh, we get a little greedy here with an early game at 10 a.m. here on the West Coast, the best coast. And, <laughs> you know, I like this game a lot. I think the, I mean, Jameis, man, the pain's coming, right? Uh, yeah, so this pain, is, uh, is coming. you know, uh, uh, most people know, but if you don't, th- this is a, a pretty ugly in-division rivalry these days. Um, this, is, uh, this, is, this is about as, uh, as good as it gets it within the division in terms of an important division matchup. Um, I, I, I just don't see 
you know, the the Panthers or uh, oh man, who else is in that division? Yeah, New Orleans. Oh, the the, the, no, the Falcons. Yeah, so the Falcons. the Panthers and yeah. the Falcons, they're just they're just not there this year. The Saints could be. Um, I think the Buccaneers are the easy pick, but uh, if there's a team in their division that can give them hell, it's the Saints uh, in New Orleans. So this is definitely going to be one to watch. Uh, I think this is a pretty good test of, you know, the, the Buccaneers had a great week one. Let's see how they do this week. Um, I am going to take Tampa Bay to beat the spread. And... And I, I like the over on this one, too. I, I don't think – I I know that these defenses are good, but uh, – and and I don't – I think the Buccaneers are going to have a really good defensive day against the Saints, and then there's going to be that, you know, two big plays that just get away from them because that's the sort of player that Jameis Winston is. It won't be enough for the Saints to win the game, but it is going to be enough to force that over above 44. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> like your analysis on that, here, you know, here's the thing, right? No Chris Godwin, uh, half of Tampa Bay's line's injured. Um, apparently there's some injuries of note for New Orleans. Uh, if you're looking at the uh, the injury report here, we got Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, both banged up. Um, as we said, Jameis Winston's always in pain, right? <laughs> he's, he's, got the, he's got the pain thing. Are you sick of that yet or what? Mike, Mike Evans is, uh, is hurt. So I'm expecting a big day at Julio Jones. I really am looking at Julio Jones here to be kind of a sleeper in this game. Um, five catches for 69 yards. Oh, excuse me, three for 69 yards, even better stat line. Five targets. The guy looked great. He looked good. He looked fast. He looked strong. He looked refreshed. He looked really good out there with, with, with Tampa. I said Tampa Bay throwing with Tam. Tom Brady throwing on the ball. Jeez Louise. Um, big <laughs> history against against New Orleans with just the, that division sort of history of him kind of dominating them. So I like Julio Jones. Um Jameis Winston had a good week Week one. I mean, through two touchdowns, no interceptions. Brady looked a little ru- ru- rusty. Looked a little rusty. So rusty. I don't know if I trust Brady, but Fournette looked good. People were saying say, he was fat as hell, but he looked when, good too. So when, when, Fournette, when Fournette is working, Fournette, when Leonard Fournette is working, the, uh, that, that offense yep. uh, really never has to panic. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. So I think uh, I think that would be the key to the Saints taking control of this game is if you can really force Brady to beat you through the air because uh, he didn't have to last week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, great week one. Um, so uh, you know I, you, you don't need us to tell you to start Leonard Fournette. He had an incredible week one. He's definitely rostered in all your leagues. So uh, that that's really how I see this game going. No question. Likewise. Um... I feel the same way. I, I so I, I kind of like the skill positions. I, if anything, just because they're gonna, I think, a very, I mean, the, the big ones are gonna get about ten or twelve points. I don't know where Tampa's offense is gonna go with all these injuries, but we'll just keep an eye on it. Um, Tom does some amazing things with nothing, so I would never count him out. I would never count on his impact. Even on New Orleans side, Jarvis Landry went for seven catches, 114 yards. They have Chris Olave. They got Michael Thomas. He caught two touchdowns last week. I, I keep an eye on all the position players in this one I, I feel like the big hitters are going to have good games no question and i'm going to hiccup while trying to talk about it okay <laughs> so uh moving on it's a game probably more 
interested for the people here on this podcast, uh, primarily one person, but New England at uh, Pittsburgh, two and a half point favorite New England, over under 40 and a half. Before we get started on this one, I think it's easy, it's interesting that the line moved from, I think it was plus two New England to two and a half out of nowhere, and apparently that's because a lot there's a lot of New England betters betting on this game, believing that uh, they're going to have a really good chance on the road against Mitch Trubisky. Uh, before we get into one more analysis thing, Mitch Trubisky, when I was reading 20... Was it 21 out of how many times he throw the ball? I don't have it in front of me, but 21 out of his 30 passes, let's say, were under five yards, <laughs> or under or around five yards. So pretty dink and dunk offense. Five turnovers last week got Pittsburgh the win. I mean, do we think New England's going to drop to 0 and 2 in the beginning of the year? Is that possible? Well, so that that's exactly why this is a compelling matchup. I mean, these are two, uh, you know, in the last several decades powerhouses. Um, you know, the, the Steelers and the Patriots should be a pretty, pretty good matchup. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, as long as the Patriots can, can take care of the ball, uh, cause that's really what, as you said, won the game for the Steelers last week was, was all the turnovers. Um, so man, if, if the Patriots can just hold onto the ball, grind it out, give them that you know, run by committee that they've always done there. Um, I think the Patriots could could shock some people and really dominate this game. On the other hand, the Steelers' defense is really good. Uh, so if the Patriots can't control the ball, protect the ball, uh, this game could get away from them real fast. If they're playing from, from behind and Belichick is playing to win, uh, they're going to have to take some risks against a really good defense. Um, so I, I think this might be one of those games where it gets decided real early. Um, and whichever team gets out in front, gets control of this game, uh, is really going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's, that's a good point, you know, and that's kind of how New England plays these. If you look last year, dominating some of these pea shooting quarterbacks, they got out in front real early. They went up by 21 in the first quarter and never looked back, right? Your Sam Darnold's of the world, your Zach Wilson's, your Baker Mayfield's right last year, teams they played in the past that's always how it's worked and um pittsburgh's a little different they can play some really good defense it's just you just wonder how far they can move the ball and without tj watt what, what does that even really matter right it's like amika Fitzpatrick. i mean he played fantastic last week but without tj watt that's a completely different defense so uh new england i mean i'm not gonna uh, shoot up I'm not, I'm not the one picking games here but if i had to go with one then that, that is a reason that line's moved because people are putting money on new england right so uh, my starts, Pat Fryermuth, Muth, five catches for 75 yards last week. I think he's going to have similar sort of production in the middle of the field against New England. Um, New England's going to shut down Deontay Johnson on the outside with the doubles. Um, Chase Claypool doesn't really scare me. He's a really good possession receiver. Outside of that, I think they can shut him down too. Um, it, it's not really a game I'd pick a lot of guys to start. You know, I mean, you... you you're always going to start Deontay Johnson, but Pat Fryermuth is kind of like a fringe starter at times. I think he's worth putting in your lineup this week. Trevor, on to the next one. Let's do it. Okay, Miami, 1-0, and at Baltimore, 1-0. Three-and-a-half-point favorites at Baltimore, 44-and-a-half over-under. Miami comes in with some momentum, having beat New England at home, but looked really sloppy doing it. And Tua, I mean, is kind of who he thought he was. They gave him a bunch of targets, and he still looked like crap outside of one pass. So... Um, kind of escaped with a decent win against New England, who I thought more or less shot themselves in the foot rather than Miami winning the game. But Baltimore, 24-9 win against New York, pretty easy. 
Um, this is a kind of interesting matchup because this could go either way. It is. It is. And this is, I mean, uh, I, I feel myself second-guessing what we saw in week one a lot uh, because because it's week one. Um, you know, and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be saying that again with some of the other the games that we're going to uh, discuss. But this is one of those where, like, like the Dolphins, I, they could uh, they could really shake off and, and have gotten away with a fast one last weekend. Uh, we might see a much better offense from them this week. Uh, the Ravens, um, they looked good, but they were playing New York. So, how much can you really know? Um, I think this is a really, really interesting AFC matchup um, between a, a you know a, a North Conference and a Sorry, a North Division and an East Division. We're always talking about the AFC West. Um, these two teams. Uh, I'm excited to find out which of these teams really is headed towards the playoffs because I wouldn't be surprised if either one of them was there. Um, so I want to see more from uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think you might have a few. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but. Some of these uh, Ravens wide receivers are very gettable in a lot of fantasy leagues, and I think it may just be a matter of time before they emerge as fantasy relevant. Um, and uh, I know a lot of Dolphin skill players, uh, the, the people owning those players, are just hoping that uh, that they do pick up the momentum. You know, I, I know Gusecki is starting in a lot of leagues, and it was kind of a lackluster first week. Um, I wouldn't let that scare you. I think Gusecki is going to have a good year. Um, so I, I really am excited to see how this goes. This one this one is a really tough over-under to call. Because um, I really do like <clears throat> the Ravens' defense here. Um, playing at home, playing strong. They got a good start to their year, just like the Dolphins did. Uh, so both of these teams trying to build on that week one momentum. Um, I think it's going to be a scrappy game, and I think it's going to come real close. To the, I mean, I know that's the whole point of an over-under line, but, uh, but man, I, I see both teams scoring just about maybe less. I, I'm going to take the under. I, I, I don't see both teams going much over 20 points in this game. Uh, so, I, yeah, I am going to take the under. I, I'm going to take the Dolphins in an upset here. I think the Dolphins win it in a in a low low scoring game. Um, I think the Dolphins still have a pretty pretty under the radar defense. This defense is better than uh, than people think. Uh, they don't have Minka Fitzpatrick anymore, but I think they you know they don't have Van Noy anymore. But I do still think there's a lot of uh, quality and quality depth on that Dolphins defense. Um, so I'm excited to see how this one goes. Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins in a low-scoring, scrappy game. Yeah, no question. The, the, the Dolphins' defense is evident with talent, with Javon Holland and Christian Watkin. Christian Watkin. Wilkin. Wilkin. Christian Wilkin. Wrong Watkin. Wilkin, Wilkin the Watkin. Who's on first? Um, Xavier Howard. He I kept mean, the watch. <laughs> he kept the right. I mean, <laughs> Emmanuel Agba. I mean, it's uh, Byron Jones, who's on injured reserve. It's 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 a good defense. They're they're good and they're fast, and um, very well disciplined. I mean, 
he said there might be some guys that are very well gettable on Baltimore. I mean, you, you look at Devin Duvernay, caught two touchdowns last week, owned in 15% of leagues. So, absolutely. My, you know, my gut is saying that this is kind of going to be week to week with Baltimore, and I really wouldn't trust anybody consistently to put up numbers there, other than maybe Rashad Bateman or they drafted somebody, and I can't remember his name now, so it doesn't really matter. But nonetheless. Um, yeah, I, I think Mike McDaniel starts 2-0. and I mean, this would be a good game to pick if you're 3.5. You get a plus 3.5. The, the, the Miami wins some money on this one. This seems like a, a pretty much of a push. So um, I still wonder with Tua going on the road against Baltimore. But, you know, you can't – he's SEC country. He's played, probably played there before in college and I assume maybe even the pros. But, I mean, the guy's got a winning record. So you just can't deny that. But he does suck. <laughs> so there, there, that's just just my opinion, but uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, I'd start a Jalen Waddle here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Marcus Peters is out, uh, torn ACL. Right, he got hurt. He got substantially hurt, so he's not going to play. Um, obviously, Jimmy Smith, you know, older. It's kind of an aging Baltimore defense to some degree, outside of a few younger players. I, I, I yeah, I could see Miami coming in with their speed and just kind of being. Too much of a matchup for Baltimore, but somehow Baltimore keeps it close because you're always close when you get Lamar Jackson to give a guy that wins games in the regular season. So with that being said, we're going to move on, and uh, we're going to circle back maybe just a few things here if we got time. But uh, Arizona at uh, Vegas, Vegas 5.5-point favorite, over under 51.5. Wow, uh, quite a line for a team that allowed 49 points last week. And only scored 21 in garbage time. That is Arizona we're talking about. And then really a team that got bullied hardcore by L.A. If they didn't lose Keenan Allen, probably would have been a lot worse. I don't know about this one. It's kind of interesting. Neither team can afford to start 0-2. Right. And so, and, and that's, yeah. that's a lot of teams this week. I mean, we're talking Packers, Broncos, Bengals. There's a lot of teams that don't want their playoff hopes to die. But not a single team that started 0-2 made the playoffs last year. So these are important games. That's a good stat. Um, yeah. The uh, the Cardinals they didn't look good last week. They were playing Kansas City, um, so you know a, a lot of teams don't look good playing Kansas City. Um, the Raiders, yeah, man, uh, this one. I mean, uh, yeah, five and a half points to Las Vegas. I think you got to put your money on the Cardinals to cover. Because uh, they could win this game, yeah. um, I, I think uh, I think you're going to see you know some of these 0 and 1 teams that are really well rostered, uh, have talent at quarterback. Uh, some of them are going to shake it off and win. Some of them are going to shake it off and lose. Uh, and I think the Cardinals are winners this week. I just I just do. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think a 51 and a half over under might be a little low. I think this one goes over. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see these offenses go off. I think the Cardinals are going to uh I think the Cardinals are going to score a touchdown every quarter this game. Oh um, wow. Yeah, I think the Cardinals find the end zone early. I think they find it in second, third and fourth quarter. Um mm-hmm. so I like this. I like the over and I like the Cardinals here. Uh I mean especially with that many points to Las Vegas like I think if you're betting on these games, I'd take the Cardinals to to cover the spread, if not win. So, yeah, no question. Uh, I agree. Um, I think 
with Rondell Moore coming back in the lineup for Arizona this week, it's going to be a little more fireworks. They just, without D-Hop, they're lost. Right. That offense is definitely lost. So getting somebody for Kyler Third to, you know, and Arizona just came out so flat last week. If you watch that game, it's like they're playing slow motion against right. Kansas City. Well, like as soon as I, Kansas City scored the first time, that you could just tell that game was over. Yeah, and so. I, I don't think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is, uh, you know, what I would call a, a great coach, but uh, but he is a good offensive coach. I think uh, with what he saw out of his team last week, he's going to make adjustments. He's going to he's going to come up with some fresh schemes for the playmakers, and uh, I think the Cardinals are going to come out swinging. And if the Raiders can't go punch for punch, uh, this is uh, going to be a high-scoring game that they lose. Well, there you go. And then you know who to start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Start uh, it's your kind offensive of easy players here. I don't right. like either of these defenses this week. I just I think this is going to – I think I think it's easy to take the over, even at 51-and-a-half. Uh, one guy to keep an eye on for Arizona, Greg Dortch. Uh, slot receiver, six catches, 67 yards last week. Played a lot in the middle. I don't know what – uh, Vegas has in the middle, but I, I mean, if you want a flyer or if you really need a flex and you're super desperate, you're in PPR league. That's another guy to keep an eye on. He's like 23 percent of leagues or something like that. This is one. Is this is probably well? I mean, there's some really surprising lines this week. I don't know where Vegas was going with some of these. I assume just to get people to bet. Um, I mean, Green Bay started out 0-1 last year, ended up winning basically 13 in a row. So I, we could almost guarantee that's they're they're. Going to win a game, if not in this week, or very soon, and probably going on a run. But Sunday Night Football is Chicago at Green Bay, 10-point favorite to Green Bay, 41.5 over under. I mean, it's safe to say Chicago hasn't won in Green Bay in a long time, and Aaron Rodgers usually plays really well against Chicago. Does Aaron Rodgers ever lost against Chicago? Uh, Maybe so a few I times? think I think the, word is, the, the, the line is uh, Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Um and uh, and I think that uh, the the you know the record in recent years definitely reflects that. I can't remember the last time the Bears beat the Packers home or away. Um, no doubt, it's been a while. We can't been, remember it. It's, it's been, been a while. while. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to own the Bears for much longer, but I think he owns them this week. Um, Green Bay had an ugly loss last week, and uh, and as much as as much as I enjoyed it. Um, I know who this team is. I do, because uh, they're my team's biggest rival, and uh, I, I I think that you're going to see what the Packers are capable of this week. Um, the Bears, they definitely had a good week one in a bizarre uh, slip and slide rainstorm um, against uh, what was it the Forty Niners who who couldn't get anything going in Chicago. Um, right. So. Uh, so the you know the Bears are on the road in Lambeau. Uh, the Packers have had a week to uh, iron out all these uh, issues with their uh, young, inexperienced, small conference, small college conference wide receivers that they're trying to rely on. So I think I think you see the Packers turn it around this week. Um, I, I I don't know if it'd be enough to uh, deem their season salvaged after a, a week two win over the Bears at home. But I think that uh, I think that the ten point spread is actually pretty fair. Um, yeah, that, that so for me that's the hard one is can the Bears cover ten points or not? 
because the Packers, I, I could see the Packers winning by 10, 14 points. So I definitely like the Packers here. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I'd go as far as starting any of the Packers wide receivers <laughs> unless you're in a really deep league. Um, but, I, I mean, uh, both their running backs, A.J. Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones, these guys are must-starts. Uh, you don't know who's going to get the touchdowns through the air, but I think Packers – I think uh, Rodgers is a good start for the Packers this week. I do. Um, the Bears, man, they they had I, – I, 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 I hope that they're better than I think they are, but I think that they had just a really special win last week, and uh, I – I don't see them dominating good teams going forward this year. Um, they're, they're, they definitely had a better week one than I expected them to, but uh, it's not enough to sway me yet. I think the beer, the bears, uh, the, bears. The, the bears, they did not do enough to improve this year in the off season. And, uh, and I mean, they, uh, they've shown themselves. I'll say this. They're good enough to win some games. They beat the 49ers last week, uh, regardless of the rain, uh, you know, that's a run-centric team that uh, is in the playoffs most of the time these days, and uh, and the Bears beat them. But uh, on the road against the Packers that are trying to bounce back from an 0-1 start, I, I just I don't see it happening. I think the Packers win this one, and I think they win it easy. Ten-point favorite. So you're taking 10 on the line. I'm going to take the 10. I think the Packers okay. uh, beat the spread. I do. Okay. All right. All right. I see you. I've been curious where Cole Komet's going to fit in. <laughs> no catches for no yards last week. Really produced yeah. for my fantasy team. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about him this week for Green Bay just because they're more vulnerable over the middle against tight ends. And certainly you would hope Justin Fields has some time to just make a relationship with him. And if anything, for a safety valve to, for development of the quarterback position. Uh, I don't know who else he has to throw to, to be honest, outside of Darnell Mooney and him. So uh, it's a pretty fair option here with the 10-point line. I mean... Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they're going to have to run the ball a lot. Just they got to get something started on offense to kind of get going, and I, I assume that will be one way of getting some fantasy points out of this game uh, with a Green Bay defense start, no question. And maybe even a Chicago defense start, depending no, on what I, happens. I do like the Packers defense because uh, even though I think Rodgers is going to get right this week, I do think the Packers are going to control this game with the one-two punch on the ground. Um, which is always good for that team's defense. Uh, I also think that the the Packers' defense is a lot better than it looked last week. And just like Aaron Rodgers, I think that a lot of those guys, uh, they look at this as a chance to make a, a, you know, as a statement game real quick to say, you know, the Packers do have a defense. We can stop people and force punt after punt. Uh, I think the Packers' defense are going to get after it this week. No doubt. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still think the 10-point line is interesting. Uh, well, I, I, Eberflus is a good coach. Eberflus, Eberflus, whatever you call him. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So, <laughs> But a guy who can really develop defensive players. And I mentioned before, I, I've probably fourth podcast I've expressed my love for him. Um, <laughs> you just, I, I just think that Chicago um going to, going to develop this season. I think they'll be better today than they were, than they will be. They'll, they'll be better at the end of the season than, than they will be today. Uh, when, push come, when push comes to shove, I mean, golly. Um, keep an eye on this team. And 10-point favorite this week, it just ain't, ain't Chicago's week. So 
Moving on to um, probably the more, one of the more bizarre scheduling Mondays you'll ever see on the NFL schedule, but we'll see three of them this year. In case you didn't know, I just found out this when I was looking at the schedule today. Shows you how much I listen to NFL news. But um, apparently there's three weeks where there'll be two Monday Night Football games. I'm not complaining, just stating that. So Tennessee at Buffalo, 10-point favorite to Buffalo, 47.5 over under. Boy, you know... Tennessee came off one of the one of the most bizarre losses you'll ever see against a New York Giants team I thought everybody thinks is super undermanned and just really not great, but this is what happens when you have really good coaching. When you have Brian Dayball and, he, and, and the players believe in him, people play for him. It's almost indicative of kind of how Tennessee was, has been coached the last three or four years with Mike Vrabel. Um, coming full circle, you got to play Josh Allen and the Super Bowl favorites <laughs> on the road in Monday night. Uh, you know, Oy. that's all I can say about this one. Orchard Park, it's gonna be so. I, I, on I do night. think I do think that these two teams actually match up better against each other than the than the line suggests. Um, I like the Titans to cover the spread here. Uh, I think Buffalo. I, I I'm I'm confident Buffalo's gonna win this game, but I don't like ten points. Um, I think. Uh, I'm going to take the under on this one, too. I, I, I know what we just saw from the Bills' offense. And, and after last night's game, uh, I'm, I'm really high on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs' defense, which is only better for what we saw out of Buffalo in week one. Um, or sorry, that didn't play. that's not right. They played the Rams. I'm, I'm getting right. discombobulated here. Anyways, I, I know as good as the Buffalo's offense does look um, – I think this one goes under 47-and-a-half. I think the Titans, I'm not saying this is going to be a three-point win, but it feels more like a seven-point win than a ten-point win to me. Um, I like the Bills at home. Um, I, I just think there are going to be fewer fireworks in this in this one. I think, we'll, I think we will see the Bills punt in this game. I know they've got a lot of games where they don't, um, but, uh, but they do punt once in a while. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the Bills to win, but I like the Titans to cover. Um, and I'm, I'm taking the under on that. I, I do think that uh, we're going to see lots of offense from the Bills. I'm not trying to discourage anybody on their Bills uh, skill, skill positions. Um, I just don't think that they're going to find the end zone as often of it as they did in week one. Right, right. Um, yeah, and Monday night game's just kind of wacky. But Josh Allen's pretty good on Monday night. I don't know if you've seen his record. Uh, yeah. His touchdown-interception ratio, yeah. pretty damn good. This Tennessee's is, uh, in a weird... It's an unusually early time, right, for a Monday night game? Yeah, 4.15 here in uh, the best coast. So yeah. 7.15 on the, on the East Coast. Yeah, about an hour and a half early. So, yeah, so um, it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be an interesting one. I, it's going to be hard for me to get home in time for that. Uh, my uh, my employer is a big Bills fan, so I might have to just let him know I need to off work early on Monday to get home for the game. <laughs> well, everybody pray for Trevor. That's well, right. Good. So, um, yeah, I I I just don't really know what happened to Tennessee last week. I, I really don't. Um, it's uncharacteristic of what happened, the way they were up, and then they suddenly lost. I remember watching Red Zone and being like, or the uh, Sunday Ticket or something, because I'm bougie like that, and I have Sunday, NFL Sunday Ticket. And I couldn't believe what I, I it was it was literally like like last night's game it was twenty seven seventeen, right? Uh, Kansas City, and I could have I looked at it, it was like oh Chargers are up by ten. And I'm like wait a minute that doesn't say Chargers up by ten that says Kansas City up by ten. 
You know, it just, and then this game was 21-20, and you're like, or whatever then the score ended up being, you're like, wait a minute. They lost that game? They're up by like two touchdowns. So something happened in Tennessee. I, I, I'm curious what it is. They've lost some of their identity. I don't know how it's going to carry over to week two. It doesn't seem like a team to me that will start 0-2. But you're playing Buffalo and on 10 days rest, <laughs> or even more so. That would be, what, 11 or 12 days? Uh, that just doesn't sound yeah. like a good re- recipe for me, you know? So yeah, a little, um, little too much time between games. Wow, just way too much time. So, I mean, obviously, it goes without saying, you got to like all the Buffalo players. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on with Dar- Derrick Henry. I mentioned Dontrell Hilliard earlier. Um, uh, Traylon Burks looked good. Yeah, well, it was it was good to have Tennessee relevant while they were around. So <laughs> let's just put it like that. Minnesota, 1-0 at Philly, 1-0 Monday night football game, part deuce, two-point two favorite to Philly, <laughs> over under 50.5. This is another game I heard was being pumped up by Philly bets. So really, it's pretty much an even even uh, bet. If you look at it, like, where's the money coming from? It's actually coming from the Philadelphia area where there's a bunch of bookkeepers and uh, just uh, real scums and people that like to bet on games. So <laughs> um, so 50.5 and, um, and the two-point under, two-point favorite. It shouldn't be surprising. Uh, hey, man, hats off to Minnesota coming out and looking like they had a real offense. And Justin Jefferson proved he's probably the best receiver on the planet. Uh, or he just wasn't covered. I'm not really sure. He looked pretty open on a lot of those plays. Um, yeah, well, and, and that's why, I mean, that's not why, but, uh, you know, the the Green Bay Packers have good corners. They do. Yeah, Jair um, Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Cox. So, yeah. so I think, uh, I think that uh, Kevin O'Connell may be the magic piece of the puzzle there in Minnesota. Um, in an even matchup here, I got to take my Vikings to win. So, you know, a lot of you listening may want to decide for yourself there. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm taking the Vikings to win. Uh, a lot of respect to the Eagles, though. That offense looks scary. Um, I, I'd rather pay, play the Packers again. Uh, and uh, it, it's hard to imagine uh, recently. Uh, but that's where we are now, that the Eagles are a little more intimidating than the Packers right now. Um, they got a lot of things working on offense. Um, they didn't look so good on defense last week. They let the they let the uh, Lions put up a lot of points, but they do still have plenty of talent on the defense. So that could be you know week one hiccups. But uh, this, I, I gotta say, I'm I'm really excited for a you know a rematch of the NFC Championship that was so lopsided. Um, I think this is going to be a much much more balanced game. I think that this is, uh, I think it's easy to take the over on this one. I think both teams have no trouble making it to uh, 24 points and then somebody has to win. So, uh, you know, a 50, 51, 50 and a half point over under, I'm taking the over there. Um, and then if they're giving Philadelphia two points, um, even if they win in a squeaker, you know, you take the Vikings and I think it's going to pay off. Two dynamic offenses, no question about that. Philly, um, really good at running the ball. I mean, they put, what, 250 on Detroit last week <laughs> between Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and uh, Kenneth Gainwell. So I don't – I mean, I, I'm not really sure Minnesota's front can really handle that either. So it wouldn't surprise me if they put another 200 on them. 
Um, and you, like you said, goes on and over. And Minnesota is just really that dynamic where they can just score quick and not have to worry about being not being on the field for long periods of time because of the running game so good in Philadelphia. Um, I'm, I'm curious when Philly's defense is going to come around because they got some really good pieces on there. You know, Brandon Graham, they still got you know Darius Slay and uh, Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis and Hassan Reddick and they, uh, James Bradbury. I mean, they got some good good pieces there. I just I'm curious when that's going to happen. But yeah, two sixteen. On 39 carries from against Detroit, and then, you know, Jalen Hurts basically played a flawless game outside the, the, uh, uh, completion percentage, uh, 243 on 18 catches, and then uh, 18 throws and 13 of them to, to AJ Brown. I mean, geez, I'm crow. You know, they got a really good looking offense, and it's gonna be a really exciting game. Definitely game of week one, if not one A or one B from what last night was. So, worth watching and worth starting most of those guys. So. Um, I want to clean up some, because we got about 10 minutes or 5 minutes or so, I want to clean up some other games that are on the slates that we didn't get a chance to cover. They're all get-right games. And, Trev, I'm just going to get, give you a rapid fire. Broncos, Texans, 10-point favorite of Denver, over under 45. Broncos? Yes, I'm taking the Broncos here in a big get-right game, playing at home. Um, week one was definitely, uh, in my opinion, and, and a lot of people I think agree, uh, week one was uh, – you know, beyond the fumbles, uh, which is a very correctable problem, uh, the Broncos got beat by their coach. Um, and it was his first game, first-time head coach. You know, there's nine new head coaches this year. I think four or five of them are first-time head coaches. And uh, I, I'm not ready to uh, close the book or, or pass judgment on Nathaniel Hackett after his first week in uh, Seattle, no less, which is a really, regardless of, of the state of that team, it's always going to be a tough place to go play on the road, and we're talking about your first game ever. So I like the Broncos a lot this week at home against the Texans, um, who tied last week. Uh, I think the Broncos win big here. Uh, Cincinnati at Dallas, no Dak Prescott, seven-point favorite. The Cincinnati 41-and-a-half over-under. Uh, get-right game for Cincinnati. Yeah, this is definitely a get-right game for Cincinnati. Um Man, uh, the Cowboys cowboyed early this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I know it, I'm poking fun. I don't mean to poke too much fun, but it's it is fun to poke fun at the Cowboys. There you go. I said fun a lot. Um, fun yeah, fun. Bengals. Bengals are winning this one. Uh, nine point favorite since San Francisco, forty and a half over under. Uh, Seattle at San Fran. Man, Seattle Seahawks with a real chance to. Uh, to come out in a big way in, in week two uh, at home victory against the Broncos, huge game for them and their fans. 49ers did not have it together last week. Um, big chance for them to write the ship at home. Uh, th- this I think is one of the more compelling games that we didn't have on our main slate. Uh, so I, I, I do like the 49ers at home, but uh, the, you know, the, the, Part of me that loves to root for the underdog kind of hopes that the Seahawks go 2-0. Um, but we're talking money here. I think you got to put your money on San Francisco. Uh, Atlanta at L.A., 10-point favorite to L.A., 46.5 over under. Um, definitely so, get-right game. This, yeah. is, uh, this, mm-hmm. this, is, uh, this might be the most dangerous get-right game because if the Rams lose here, wow, are they uh, not who, they, who we thought they were. Um, but, uh, but again, at home against the Falcons, uh, I think you got to take the Rams. 
Um, I, I'd even give the Rams defense a look uh, uh, in this this week. In fact, I think I am starting the Rams defense in a leak or two. Um, I like the Rams a lot in this one. Uh, Ten point favorites. I like them to beat that spread. I think they win by fourteen or more. Oh, and then just for just for the hell of it, uh, New York Jets at Cleveland Browns. Six and a half point favorite Cleveland. 39, 39 and a half over under. Uh, God forbid you get this game in your market. Can't imagine it would be great. Um, so, so, honestly, <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about both these games real quick. The Jets and the Browns and the Panthers and Giants, uh, I think these are the two toughest games to call this week uh, because I just could not – I feel like I wasn't able to get a good read on, on these teams. Um, the Jets – the Jets could win this game. Um, the Browns are obviously, uh, you know – really strong with uh even with Jacoby Brissett the roster is just that good um so you know the the Jets could take a big step forward this week sneak out a win on the road against uh you know the Browns who might you know if the Browns get in a position where Jacoby Brissett has to win them the game I like the Jets um but uh but that that defense is stout the running game is great uh, so I do have to give an edge to the to Cleveland at home. I think they go two and zero here. Okay, um, there you have it. That's week two. <laughs> That's week two. There it is. There it is. Uh, anything to clean up before we uh, head off the airways here, my friend? Uh, just something that I don't think I got to squeeze in there at the very beginning with last night's game because uh, I think we were talking about it before we got on the air tonight. Uh, Justin Herbert, just an incredible game. Uh, you know. Didn't didn't come away with the win. Uh, took a huge hit to the midsection, I think, uh, somewhere in the third quarter. And you just saw him wincing in pain every time he got knocked to the ground since then. Uh, there was a situation third and one. Uh, he had room. He, he got right up to the line of, the scrim, of scrimmage. He threw the ball away. He easily could have run for one yard. But I think he was in too much pain to slide. So he threw it away, stays on the field, goes for it on fourth and one, Throws like a 25, 30-yard dart down the middle of the field to, to set up a first and goal. Um, just an incredible effort from a young quarterback. And, uh, you know, I, we, we know he's a good quarterback, uh, but I don't think I was a, a Herbert believer until last night. I saw a really tough game uh, and, and real talent out of that guy. Um, didn't give up on it, and uh, it made for a really exciting Thursday night game. Um, in, in a matchup that I have very little, you know, preference. I, I don't care who wins, Chiefs or Chargers. Um, but uh, I really, really liked what I saw from Herbert last night. Yeah, it was a gutsy game. And a guy who a lot of people think is soft, well, I mean, <laughs> he's a quarterback in the NFL, you know. Um, he's 6'5", 2, 240, and he took a hit like a man and oh, I, kept playing. I saw him, I saw him play you a know? tough game last night. Yeah. yeah he's got guts. Yeah. Yeah, so so you got to give got to give the credit where credits due, and the guy will be in this league for a long time, and it's just a special player worth watching. He's <laughs> see what I did there, special <laughs> player. It brought something back that we haven't said in a long time. If you're an early listener to football in general, you know what special <laughs> means to us. Classic, so, uh, classic, classic. Anyway, enjoy football this weekend, folks. It's week two. It's week two. If you don't sit your ass on the couch and watch football after listening to this podcast. I'm not even sure why you're listening to this podcast, if that's the case. Because you're probably 
a football cron, which means you glue your eyes to the TV and you don't you don't get away from it and you have red zone and you're bougie like that. So anyway, um, to another week. We'll be back next week, uh, probably earlier than than today. We'll get this out as soon as we can. Not that you'll listen to the end of this and care that I just said that, but we'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you next week on football in general. Until then, we're out.